All right, my name is Matt Bart and you listen to episode 115 of the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. It's the show where I try and dig into the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Not said that for a while, have I? Anyway, thanks for checking this episode out. I hope you enjoy it. And it's omnibus time again. Yep, I'm fresh back from Cornwall, where I stayed with my friends at the Watergate Bay Hotel for a few days while I took care of a few episodes and did a bit of storm watching. I can't remember what storm we were on, but it was very stormy, as it has been in the UK this winter. And very nice it was too. And in between said storm watching, I headed out to meet guests and record a few episodes of the podcast, including this absolute zinger with my friend James Otter of Otter Surfboards. I'm going to get this out of the way from the top. Very much enjoyed this conversation with James. Recorded at his workshop in Porth Tower. One crisp, non-stormy spring morning. The only one of the trip, I'm going to say. And in a lot of ways, this is the type of conversation I look forward to when I do the podcast. One in which I know enough about the guest to be able to steer it, but not enough to have any preconceptions about how it's going to go. Bit of a judgment call, that one. How much prep you do. Um, and how how much you try and steer it I'm going to say when you go into these conversations if I'm confident about how it's going to go because I've met the person I think we're just going to have a good old chin wag then I don't really bother with much prep and and um, steerage let's say and I don't know James super well but from the few times I'd met him I had a feeling it'd go this way so like I say purposely didn't really prepare just trusted that we'd end up going off on one and seeing where that led us. And I'm very glad I did too, because this is your genuine, many-layered, conversational extravaganza, which I think you'll be able to tell myself and James enjoyed enormously. Of course, we dug into the backstory of our surfboards and James' own history in wooden surfboard shaping and design, and indeed, the wider history of this venerable practice. But we also got into some unexpected territory, you might say, and not just regarding my frankly ludicrous claim that I prefer surfing Shoreham ship pipes to Cardiff Reef. Um, turns out this one is actually a really interesting story about how James stumbled on the whole concept of otter surfboards and how for him the whole thing seems to deepen with each passing course because it is a, a course that you can go and do. Um, we also went deep into James' own background and his musings on man's, well I'm going to say it, preternatural connection to wood from when springs our own innate creative curiosity. A line of chit-chat that I'm sure regular listeners will appreciate was right up my boulevard. Regret to say that I didn't get to surf one of James' creations, mainly because, like I said, it was really stormy. But that just means I'm going to have to check in with him next time I'm down in Kurno. But as I say, much to digest here, not least the way in which something as simple as the act of building a wooden surfboard might just help you make sense of your life as it has done for James and countless others. I will, as usual, be back at the end, but in the meantime, please enjoy myself and James Otter. Wooden ships. That was the mic falling off the bed, everyone. Sorry about that. Enjoy. How you doing? We finally yeah, sorted it out. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> we were going to try and do it in like October, weren't we? I think that was our first first stab at it, yeah. Yeah, but I think you had, it didn't, yeah, I was I was kind of up and down the coast and you yeah. had workshops on it, didn't really yeah. work out. Yeah. And as we were just saying, in the spirit of like 
this shouldn't be a stress. <laughs> no, exactly. It was a bit like, <laughs> it was a bit like, oh, let's just do it like when, when there's another window. Yeah. 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 And the sun's out. So this yeah, is surprisingly. A, yeah. So, I mean, this space is amazing. So how long have you been here? So we've been here for six years now. It was six years in February. So, right. Yeah. And is yeah. that when you established it? No, started the company kind of 10 years ago right. um, when I was making boards on a, on a friend's farm. Um, and then moved to like a collective of studios in Redruth, okay. um, which kind of felt a bit weird because yeah, I was driving away from the sea every day to go and make surfboards. Which yeah, didn't quite. Um, I'd actually live here in Port Town, um, and then uh, so when this space came up, I I knew Tim who owns the place, so, right? Um, yeah, saw that it was coming up and thought that we've got to be there. That that feels far far more right for us to be there. Yeah, because what are you like two minutes from the sea? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's yeah. your routine? Surf first, if uh, it's good. If yeah, if there's waves, I'm I'm very much someone who'll get up and and surf first thing, mainly to beat other people um, to getting in. Although that seems to be changing. There's a there's a huge before work rush that seems to happen as well. Right. Um, when the waves are good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll always. I. It's funny. I find. Uh, I don't know if you do this, but when you. If we if you put it off and kind of arrange to meet someone in the afternoon or something or, or go and check it on your lunch break, it's far too easy to convince yourself that the other stuff you've got to do that day is more important than going surfing. Yeah, I think I, I always try and get in like in the dark, like not in the yeah. dark, but like get there to yeah. be in in the morning. Yeah. Like I always prefer that because yeah. then it's... Yeah, I completely know what you mean. Especially like, where I live, where the waves are absolutely yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. and there's a very, that you can't see There's them. a very high risk of you looking at it and going, yeah, I've actually got an, like, yeah. a tax return to file today. <laughs> yeah. you know. And that's seeming more appealing. Yeah, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. No, I'm doing yeah. it down. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I was actually talking to um, someone the other day saying, like, why, why did I... Get, I actually had a better laugh. I have a better laugh in Brighton than I had in Encinitas, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I might say something about my surfing ability. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have just <laughs> physically cringed yeah. listening to this. But I think it is true. I yeah, think, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you get a lot out of knowing a place though. Like you, Brighton's obviously so familiar to you. Yeah. Um, you think I'd be able to surf it better, <laughs> having said that. Yeah, definitely. So where do you normally surf? Like Paul, is, is yeah, it, is bottom, it bottom the, and hills are the kind of the easy logical, go to. Yeah, Paul yeah. Town. Um, yeah, and then when the when the tide drops out, obviously, you, the the beach kind of stretches for a, for a mile or so. Um, yeah. So you can find a peak, um, often that's 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 working quite nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the further you walk, the the less people there tend to be there, which is always a bonus as well. Yeah, um, not that I don't like people. Um, it's sure. just that for for me, I um, surfing is like it's really easy to get in your own head when there's other people around. Oh yeah, um, totally. really easy, and yeah. then you just get caught up and you you don't enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, um, which I find is easier when you're not surrounded by. As yeah, in, as in, you start a feeling judged and b judging your own completely behavior yeah yeah, yeah. As, no as, one actually cares which, what you're doing <laughs> which is exactly what happened to me in southern california i think okay. i went in it was really i mean psychologically surfing for me is like such a head game anyway because i started really late okay you know, i'm not great at it really yeah and obviously it's so darwinian when you go to a busy lineup yeah so i'm already going there with like pretty heavy emotional baggage <laughs> yeah, and i'm not some, a lot carried and i'm that. not someone that's like gonna get sharp on my elbows 
and get yeah. on the peak and start yeah. pushing people out of the way. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm definitely someone that needs to feel like almost like needs to earn the right to be there with a yeah. wave or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, completely. Yeah. That's so, the way the culture's been talked about. Like that's the you know, that's surfing in general. It's, yeah, it's exactly. How it's, how it's how it's thought. So I think by the time I paddled out at like Cardiff Reef yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like I was just almost waiting to go back in really. Yeah. And yeah. I was with my friend Owen and he was really like he kind of said to me like, yeah, the, y- you need to try and sort this out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is affecting you, man. He's like, yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? Because you, you do, I mean, I personally notice it when I do most sport, really. Yeah. I've realized, I think there's just something. Okay. That, that's just. That sense of judgment. You, well, it's just like, it's just how you, as you get older, you kind of, you, you learn how this stuff works for yourself, yeah. I think, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear you say that, like yeah. local, on the beach, basically live here. I didn't grow up here though. So, Where you did know, you grow up? There's my, um, <laughs> there's my non-feeling completely at home here. Um, grew up just outside London. Oh, so, you did? Yeah. Right. So when yeah. did you move down here? Um, went to Plymouth Uni 2006, 2009. Right. And then moved down here straight afterwards. So. And was that yeah. for surfing yeah. essentially, the, the it, uni thing? Yeah. I mean, um, I remember like, growing up we'd always come on holiday down this down this way and um and when i was at school loads of my mates were all going off to this that and the other university and i was just like i actually just want to move to somewhere near the sea right um and then i was to be honest i was pretty fortunate because the the course i ended up doing at plymouth is actually one of the better ones for what i did in the country um what was that then it was a course called designer maker so it's a really hands-on design course yeah Um, it's always like designed for instagram (laughs) (laughs) yeah because that is the proper thing isn't it yeah right okay so and and what does what did that entail then um so i mean it's it's a 3d design course and it's split into split into three bits we were the we were in the basically in the workshop so it's it was it was akin to kind of furniture designer making but you had a lot more freedom to do what you want so a lot of kind of half of our course we're doing ceramics and 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 metal work and then the other half we're doing woodwork um, which is the where, where i gravitated towards right did you um, and that's what you thought you'd do before you got there i had an inkling yeah i'd always been drawn to making things out of wood since i can remember um right and whenever i've kind of deviated from that i just haven't felt as comfortable right um and wh- where'd that come from i i don't know i really? think or i think i well i say i don't know um i think all of us have a connection to wood um as in all people uh, all people yeah um that's kind interesting well in, how do you mean uh i think we have to burn it a bit of that but i th- I just think um we we you know we came from the trees um trees woodlands are a huge part of our lives and 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 everything we've we've kind of the way that we live on this planet and um they're kind of like us as well with trees because they're one of few things on this on the world that have a similar lifespan to us um and I don't know. I think a lot of people will, like you walk into a woodland, you feel different. Um, and I also think most people, when you walk past a wooden table, you can't help but touch it. Yeah. If it was a metal table, you wouldn't really care. Sure. It's a different, there's something about it. That's I can't funny, tell you what it is. That's exactly what I did when I came in downstairs, wasn't it? Just started like started run, touching it, running yeah. my hands on all the boards and yeah. kind of try to get that tactile yeah. feel with it. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Actually. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I think I was. Uh, so you think there's something that's buried deep mm. within our collective, yeah, I can't, know, consciousness. That um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of biased because my whole life's been surrounded by it. But you do see, like you said, people are drawn to it. Yeah, so that's kind of undeniable. Right. So, as when you were a kid, you just started fiddling about. With yeah, it, yeah, learning, like learning making, to, kind learning of, to make things. Yeah, like from walking sticks to skate ramps. You know, like right. just messing around with friends and um 
and uh, and then yeah went on to university and and just kind of had the freedom to to pursue what I wanted which was which was working with wood and really kind of playing with it and understanding it and trying to trying to work out how how you can use it right um and then it was it was towards the it was the summer between my kind of um second and third year that I there was a surface path issue called the wood issue yeah i remember um, it yeah, yeah pretty pretty it was pretty poignant for me like i've still got a copy in the in the back of the workshop because it it was where I was loving making things out of wood and surfing a lot at the same time. I hadn't really put two and two together. Right. And this was like, oh, this is something I need to try. Um, so I went back into university and, um, and said, kind of sat my tutors down um, and proposed the idea that that's what I wanted to do. And they were like, no, you don't want to know. That's, that's never going to work. No, you don't want to do that. Right. Um, mainly because it wasn't going to fit their, their kind of marking structure. Sure. Um, there's not as they they didn't see as much freedom in the way you make a surfboard. A surfboard has to be the way a surfboard is. Whereas for a chair or a piece of furniture, it can have three legs, it can have eight legs, it can have a back, it can be twisted, it can be. There's so much more play in the form. Yeah, that's what they were seeing. That suddenly I wouldn't be able to. But that's just because they didn't really understand, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Again, yeah. The, the intricacy a, of design with yeah. surfboards. Is, They've yeah. obviously never yeah. Uh, yeah. delved below the line on yeah. the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So certain debates about the merits of yeah of, of this of and the board other. volumes yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. So, yeah. you, but did you so did you get to um, <clears throat> sort of turn them around on that? Yeah. I. I mean, I basically um, looked at the processes that i wanted to use in in making a couple of wooden boards yeah um and explored them through furniture as well as making a couple of boards right um so that allowed me to kind of it was what was quite interesting was actually the furniture that came out of it was i was really excited by as well um because with with a surfboard you've got so many curves going on which is pretty un well um not typical of of wooden structures um so the way that you have to make them is is quite interesting so was there much of a path to follow if that makes sense or did you have to solve the technical problems yourself because um, immediately even saying that you know like it, for somebody who's a complete layman you know yeah. to, to like actually think of that as a technical thing sounds quite daunting like yeah i guess um uh or, the, yeah the, so there, there were people already out there making wooden yeah. boards like there's um grain over in the states who 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 um at the time when i kind of started were, were kind of fighting that fight for for the wooden board world um and and then there were people like Danny Hess and stuff. There was there was a there was a good bit of momentum happening with it, but still it seemed as though people were kind of just having a go. Um and I guess that's whilst I knew it was kind of going into my last year of having access to all of the machinery and kit that comes with, with that kind of a course, yeah. I had an opportunity to give it a go. And so I thought, well, kinda if I don't have a go now, well then when well, will I? Yeah. Um and yeah, and it was it was yeah it was quite mind-bending really when i first started making one right um in terms in terms of what it was what it felt like um like i enjoyed all of the all of the stuff i'd made from it out of wood up till then like even bigger timber framing projects that i've been a part of with with teams of people um are incredibly rewarding but suddenly you're making something that you're going to go and play with yeah like a surfboard is an exciting thing yeah um, definitely as a, as a surfer it's it's a you know um yeah they're they're quite incredible objects and and to be making one was was just yeah was just like a trigger in my head of like okay so i have to keep doing this because this is pretty exceptional how did that process for that first time differ from what you'd imagined it to be Ooh, uh did it differ from what i imagined it to be um trying to put my mind back in where i was then 
or did you find that you know the problems that came up that yeah definitely you, definitely that you, that you could issues. use you the, might... pro- the process to i'm gonna let the dog in because oh, he's all right he's oh, he, he outside ah yeah, uh, right he can come in hello mate <laughs> you coming up <laughs> buddy no oh. all right sorry i could just hear him and i knew he was going to start barking it's all good um yeah so with there... do you want to come up here with me probably yeah <laughs> there you go sit down good lad good there boy. we go yes um so this is my kind of interview yeah <laughs> dog on the couch next to me <laughs> yeah um yeah there were all, like i kind of think with with making anything out of wood there's always problems that you can't foresee unless you have a go there's there's a point so i remember that being being part of even with our degree like we were we were encouraged to make models and maquettes of what we we're doing and it, it gets to a point where you go yeah but i don't still don't really know unless i just have a go yeah um and so i guess that's that was it like that first surfboard i had a couple of ideas of how i wanted to do the rails so i built one side one way and one side the other just right. to test test what would work okay um and then and then kind of i guess from that first one then all the changes that you make um to the process get smaller and smaller yeah because you're trying to refine it um still there's things that i that i change every time i sit down and design a surfboard i think oh maybe this time i should try this okay um so every every single time pretty much yeah because right. you're, you're kind of always questioning it thinking if there's a there's a better way to do things yeah um i think uh i think life would well i think th- this life would be pretty boring if we um if we just sat doing the same thing yeah day. made it uniform um, yeah yeah well, i was just more meant in the context of which we'll get to but the fact that you know you're bringing people in to follow process mm. so you must have had to make it fairly uniform yeah exactly yeah to, it had to, to, be, to yeah. kind of you make it understandable and achievable yeah. for people right yeah yeah which we, yeah. we should get to a minute because i'm really interested in getting you to talk me through the whole yeah. sort of start to finish process but yeah the question i had about that first board was like what what was it what's the one hanging behind you it's oh like, right wow like it's that one pretty fat twin fin um 510 nice pretty straight template on the rails towards the back end so pretty kind of traditional in its shape um but ultimately came from me drawing life-size sketches of it and trying to work out what i wanted to make and, yeah um like i to be fair at the time i was riding shortboards um but just felt that with the wood it just kind of i don't know it, because i guess for me it harked back to yesteryear in yeah. a way that actually taking a shape from from days gone by would kind of be quite a nice way to start um, so that was the the, the intention with yeah that. yeah and did you see that that's it would lend itself to that style not of, at the of, time of board definitely not at the time right because no, i then went on a bit of a mission for a, for a year or so of trying to replicate like the short boards i was riding how'd that go not so well really um yeah so what yeah. what was the problem that you faced there then? um so it was just it was basically that it it becomes um very difficult to match the weight of a board when you're making things out of wood um it's not impossible um, but then because of the structure of them, they are very different in the way they feel in the water as well. Right. Um, because of the, because to, to reduce the amount of wood involved, um, you have to create a strong enough structure within it. Um, and and by doing that, you kind of, yeah, you make this, make something that feels different in the water. It's it's kind of, it's stiffer would be the probably the more relatable word to most, most people. But it's, right. there's less um, movement in it than there would be um, a typical polyurethane board. Right. Um, so you, you began to realise that perhaps it lent itself to bigger, more traditional 
shapes yeah well i think as like that the first um first surf even trying to get used to the board you like it has its own momentum because of that extra bit of weight it has its own momentum to it yeah um so often when like when we see people kind of catch their first wave in fact we did it it was a project it was really funny project we did with um with alan stokes recently and he like the first wave he takes off and he gets to the bottom of the wave and the board flies out from underneath him right and um a friend of mine turns to me and says it doesn't bloody work mate um as we stood there watching we're like head in our hands like oh my god what's going on you know pro surfers suddenly can't surf them and then <laughs> and then and then he gets a couple of ways and 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 blows it out of the water but it comes in and I, I say what about that first wave and he was like it just went so fast i wasn't expecting it to go so fast right and, and that just luckily reassured what i thought anyway sure after 10 years of making them and surfing them what was that project then um, that was um there was like a, a media company from from london who who wanted to tie us together and get us talking about sustainable surfboards. Right. Um, which was really nice because it was one of those where um, the guy rang me up and he was like, oh, we've got Alan Stokes involved in this project. Do you want to, do you want to come in and, and we'll make a board and we'll do a project together? And I was like, oh, well, if Stokes is involved, that'd be great. I'd like, I've met him a couple of times, don't really know him. And then, um, and Alan was kind of the same. And then we realized when we were sat down next to each other, we were like, so we both said yes, but we would have never picked up the phone and talked to each other about it. It actually took someone else going. That's pretty funny. Those bits together. Yeah. Yeah. You just think it's, yeah, but it happens. So, yeah. Um, so that's, that's quite amazing. It was lovely to spend a few days with him because he's such a nice, nice, kind person. So, um, and he's, a, he's a talented surfer. As yeah. Well. Right. Um, so what so, you guys collaborated, the idea was like create a board together. And yeah. Then, right. Yeah. Well, that yeah, must be so, interesting then. So you get yeah. somebody that comes in with like, yeah, presumably... all of that kind of the learned stuff that he knows. Presumably, about he's got a few specific ideas <laughs> yeah, about exactly. what he wants. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he and over the years, he said he's he'd ridden a couple of wooden boards, so kind of knew what what it feels like. And actually, we started talking about what shape just did he feel would work well with those characteristics, like with that extra momentum. Um, and he kind of came back around to one of the twin fins he'd been riding a lot recently and having a lot of fun with um so we kind of we replicated that so then he was able to directly compare them which right. was quite interesting as well uh, right um because he yeah he said like there was a couple of ways where he he'd think he'd need to put three pumps in but he was only having to get put two in and he was already there like it, he was kind of having to adjust the the way he was interacting with a wave right um and then like he said he did like a grab rail kind of big roundhouse turn and he'd never been able to do one on a foam board because it doesn't carry its momentum as easily. Okay. Where it could get bumped out of the water. Yeah. This wooden one just kind of just carried through the whole turn. So right. Stuff like that. It was quite amazing to hear him talk like that because I'd, I'd always, I think because of my own experience early on with trying to trying to replicate um, performance boards, Yeah. it didn't feel like the wooden boards fitted in that world. And sure. suddenly there's this pro surfer saying he'd been able to do things that he hadn't been able to do before. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. This, right. is, this could be pretty huge. Right. Um, so has that changed the way you're thinking about the future then with what you could, what possibly, could be possible? Yeah, I think so. I, th I think it, I think it could do. Um, I think because we'd always, we'd always just sat on the fringes happily making like you've kind of touched on the kind of twin fins, mid-length single fins, those cruisier boards yeah. are more about, you know, finding those nice smooth lines of flow. Um, and, and I just kind of dismissed the idea of being in that performance world. Yeah. Um, and I guess as well, as well as us reconsidering it, the idea of a performance surfboard has changed as well. Cause pe people have kind of realized that riding a small shortboard really isn't for everybody and, and every wave actually people have become more open-minded and, yeah. and looking for happy to have bigger boards. And that, that idea of a hybrid, um, has kind of, you know, become probably the, the biggest kind of market of surfboards. So. Yeah. 
Um, and that's uh, presumably that's been quite good for you then, like in the way that because that I guess is almost developed in tandem, right? With with the wider yeah, the acceptance of yeah, with the wider yeah. business that you've gone on to to create with with the concept, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It ha- it has, yeah, definitely. Um, the the industry seems to have 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 gone in our favour in that sense. Yeah. Um, in terms of like where we sit in in the surf world is in my mind is very similar to where we sat 10 years ago as I started, but the surf world's kind of yeah got allowed us more space. Come around a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, those first, that, that first board that, we, that yeah. we're looking at, yeah, did you have the idea for the business like there and then, or did it take a while? Um, definitely. Uh, the idea for the business um, was kind of born out of, I loved, I, I realized I love making the boards after this first couple. Yeah. Carried on trying to figure them out for a year or so. Um, and then in order to do it, I kind of realized I needed to try trying to sell them. Um, and how do I go about doing that? And the minute I said that, my mum and dad were um, kind of accountants and bookkeepers. So they were like, well, if you're going to run a business, this, is, need, how, this is how you do it. You need, you need one of them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know, right. Um, and so they, they said, let's set up as a company so that because of what you're making, especially like liability comes back to the company, not to you personally. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. So that, so it, it was a really practical reason as to why it started in that sense. It was the idea um, that you would basically make boards for individuals at that yeah, point, like the, yeah. the more traditional model, yeah. essentially. Yeah, I was trying to work out like our, our best kind of route to finding people, whether it was going to be through the craft world that is where kind of like all my training team seemed to sit or how do you access the surf world? What events are there that, that, that get you in that door? Um, yeah, because that's a real growing market, that kind of sit there and be taught to make mm. things yeah you know, there's like a yeah. lot you know spoon carving yeah. like all that yeah you know, there's loads of that stuff isn't there yeah yeah and um, it's definitely boomed over the last kind of five years or yeah so. you see a lot of it you yeah. know basically come to the woods and we'll teach yeah. you how to use tools basically yeah. and and yeah. you know yeah. add in the kind of get back to nature yeah angle but that's yeah. so it is an interesting crossover so did yeah. you begin to realize that that was where the opportunity was for you really? uh, still not at that point no because because i think looking kind of 10 years ago at the craft world it, there was a few people who'd run workshops but it wasn't kind of accepted you were still very much doing it for your own name or for your own um you know the the the, the guys at the the top of that world were were names from companies that have been working for years and years and years under that name and it was about the stuff they produced and yeah. the skills they had it was very much that was the framework of the craft world yeah um and then yeah you're quite right obviously kind of the 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 general kind of public or the 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 wider world has kind of gone hang on a minute there's i don't i don't know if it's the fact that we're surrounded by stuff that we have absolutely no relationship to whatsoever um and that actually people craved wanting to understand stuff again and wanting to know where stuff came from or whether that's a message that's been put out there that then people have followed i couldn't you know it's probably a bit of both really isn't it yeah there's always i think there's always like that you know, there's always a group of people that crave that closer relationship. Yeah. Certainly. And are probably, you know, the more involved and like yourself driven to make that a career. Yeah. I mean, my wife's really similar. She's a carpenter, a builder. Okay. Like, that's exactly how she got into it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's definitely become something that's more visible and, you know, yeah. probably a bit more fashionable, really. Yeah. And and, yeah. and also just a really nice, fun thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. It goes back to that <laughs> thing you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know, this in, intrinsic um connection to it yeah that people have yeah yeah and i think like these days you it's it's harder and harder to remember that 
mm. that there is actually a connection mm. and people are naturally drawn to that mm. yeah yeah um yeah for sure and I th- it's it's interesting but like the idea of teaching people definitely wasn't mine um it right. was some someone came to me and and he was really into the boards i was making i had a couple of like kind of on show locally that he'd seen and come across and and he just said look i i love making stuff out of wood as well and i love surfing could you teach me how to make one right um, it wasn't that's, that's really interesting me that yeah. that's kind of why i wanted to get to this because obviously that your story is about the boards and the process but it's also about a business and quite an interesting mm. business mm. and it's that's really interesting to hear that that, mm. that it wasn't like you had some like grand master plan <laughs> no. it was like oh yeah right light bulb moment i'm yeah. gonna like teach groups of people to make surfboards yeah, yeah that makes i quite sense. i quite yeah. like that the yeah. fact that it was a bit serendipitous a bit like yeah so somebody else came to you and asked yeah. you to do it yeah yeah did you have any reservations be. about that because obviously Definitely. yeah i was incredibly apprehensive i was really unsure um, in, what, a, in what sense whether you could do it or whether it was wise to, I guess, to yeah. give up your knowledge i guess yeah partly whether i could do it you're quite right yeah um like this yes this was a process that i'd worked on but how on earth do you then translate that to somebody else yeah communicate it to someone else to the point where they're able to make something you know similar to what you're making to feel like that the, the money's worth spending yeah yeah but then also um yeah you're like uh, like i say i've spent you know at that point two or three years figuring out the process so suddenly to hand that over to someone seemed um quite scary pretty daunting um, uh, again like so as in giving that knowledge that hard mm. accrued information away yeah because for i don't know for some reason especially at that point in my life what was i early 20s like feel like it's somehow yours like you have yeah. some kind of ownership over it and and that the success of of your if i was going to make it a career um it was going to be based off of you know my own name and all of that stuff so um which is down to how well I can make something. Um, yeah. You know, it's a bit of, I really, it's a, I find that a really interesting topic, that whole, you know, how much do you worry about your ideas being stolen slash like how much you, do you feel comfortable about giving away what, what you know mm. uniquely? Because mm. um, it's a really interesting, like in screen, in the screenwriting world, it's, there's a thing which is like the way to spot a, a, an amateur is they're worried about someone stealing their ideas yeah. because, yeah ultimately it's, it's even if you've got a good idea you have to batter people around the head with it before they leave them and answer an email you know yeah. so, so the idea that like people are coming around to try to nick all these ideas yeah. is actually just you know not that that's a really nice way to think of it yeah you know like it's <laughs> and i think it is probably pretty true isn't it really yeah. you know it's mm. probably yeah it happens mm. you know there's always horror stories about creatives like getting their designs yeah. co-opted yeah. by yeah you know, there's there's that sort of nefarious stuff, but generally, I think it's quite a, it's quite an honest and nice thing, isn't it? Mm. That that you know, sharing economy sort of value. Definitely, I think anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And presumably, you must have arrived at the same conclusion. Yeah, because yeah, that's what sure. you ended up basing it around. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now the company's based around sharing knowledge. Yeah. Um, so is that quite a nice nice thing to realise? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's it's funny that even just hearing you say it, say it back is quite interesting to think about how no thought is kind of uniquely yours, like as well. Like that's the way I th- kind of think. You might think that your your idea is 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 new or or your own, but a where's it come from, and b it's more than likely been thought before. I think pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's another old cheesy quote, isn't it? Nothing yeah. new under the sun. You know, yeah. like everything's been done before. Yeah, I, I think it's completely true. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and really worth remembering yeah because yeah. it doesn't mean doesn't negate your idea or no. what 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 you're no. trying to do at all but no. it's just probably worth being aware that 
you know, it's probably someone cleverer out there that yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> already tried to do yeah. it, and that's a good thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that, I think uh, yeah, there's a few things, especially early on, that helped when when you come up against kind of um, the idea of competition as well. Um, I remember hearing a quote from a musician that was um, someone else's success isn't your failure because often it can feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was that, really I mean, that's nice a hard think about. that's a hard lesson to learn. Hell isn't yeah, it? <laughs> I, I, I think that's that, yeah. that must be human nature. Yeah, you know that kind of it's hard not to feel like that you know like it's a slight on yourself yeah but then that's us clinging on to the idea of it being ours again yeah you know yeah it is you're always better off being generous i think yeah and and just you know just being encouraging no matter how much that yeah yeah cuts you to the (laughs) (laughs) no matter how inside your playing we hate it when our friends yeah. become successful by morrissey but um <laughs> you know you, you yeah that's the only way really for sanity yeah. as well yeah I, I don't know else I, isn't it I, yeah i i in, in my i don't know i i'd argue that um almost like being competitive and and putting that weight on it is something that we learn i don't i don't know if we are innately innately wow that's an interesting take because i think most people would argue that we are innately yeah competitive wouldn't they yeah um why do you think that then what's led you to think that that's a very interesting take um i guess uh as mo as as everyone has been um kind of through interacting with people you, you're on your own kind of journey of trying to understand what's going on in, in this world and i i think that if you were to consider us as a species like we benefit from helping each other we don't benefit from hating each other and wanting the worst for each other um that's not a very fashionable viewpoint at the minute it's not no no in fact it goes I, against the whole I, of western culture i i, I <laughs> would agree with you personally but it's certainly not the consensus no especially not where we live no right now no it's dog eat dog you're in it for yourself yeah 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 it feels like we're going scary. through a particular cycle of that now <laughs> yeah it is isn't it yeah but, but what that but that's what something that you've come to believe is it mm. and what, what where have you why do you think that if you can ah. possibly sum that up yeah if i can sum that up in, in a couple of sentences. So why do you think that <laughs> um why do you think we're not innately competitive yeah um can i sum it up uh it's a hopeful thought i mean it's yeah, a nice thought yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah it's a la di da thought um i i just think i think when you when you think of like the most peaceful moments you've ever been in those those like they're rare but you're just completely surrounded by love you have no animosity against or f- anyone or you d- you you end up you know kind of losing a sense of your own self as well and i think the minute we do that that's where we're i don't know that's where great things happen um and i, th- I don't know i just think that's what for me that's that's the state i'd rather be in yeah um yeah and also it's weird because competitive is the idea of competition is an idea as though like we're in control of things and um things are happening for us or to us um like as though somebody's done something in order to do it against you yeah well it's that thing about taking life personally isn't it yeah yeah on 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 a number of levels yeah and that being one of them yeah and i think and and in my mind you you kind of the minute you don't think like that you you aren't com- you can't you can't be competitive um because yeah competition is driven out of a me and you it's an idea it's not an idea of us it's an idea of me versus you but then you do get those cultural um catalysts for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. 
yeah. surfing being a very good example yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. obviously we were, laugh- were joking about at the start about basically the Darwinian yeah, yeah. competitive yeah, yeah. nature of yeah. surfing and yeah. how you fit yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just the the deal isn't it yeah that you that you're taught yeah that's what this is yeah yeah Yeah. it's interesting i've had a few conversations this trip about that like that inherent contradiction about the fact that you know when it's at its best as you characterized earlier you know you're not worrying about what the people think and you know chris hines used the phrase you know the person that sees one of the best surfing sees one having the most fun all that Mm. stuff you know Mm. on the one hand but then on the other hand you know the sharp elbows <laughs> get off my wave kook kind yeah. of you know yeah it's an interesting one isn't it yeah but with your that thought that you've um what we're talking about has that has that kind of developed as then you've like grown the business and you know set, yeah. essentially set yourself up to bring people through this workshop and just to transfer that knowledge essentially yeah so um yeah, the, uh, probably the biggest surprise from me, from my perspective on on the last ten years, would be would be quite how much it, um, how much I get out of yeah. just sharing time with other people, um, and by take it's it's incredible. Like by taking them through a process, like so, our surfboards are a five day workshop, um, and people come in with they can come in with very little knowledge of how to make things and what surfboards need to look like or be like. Um, and you take them through five days of getting to a point where they're really incredibly proud of what they've been able to do. They have a physical representation of what five days of work looks like, which a lot of people have lost touch with. And they feel a sense of achievement of something that they might not have ever really felt before. Um, especially when you think about how in the creative world, how easily our, our dreams get slashed, you know, early on in life. Um, and so we stop trying and actually to give people the opportunity to kind of to feel that sense of achievement and as though they can do things is is incredibly powerful. Um, when we then kind of touch base with people later on, you, you can see that whilst it might not be anything to do with the workshop, but their lives may have changed because they've decided that, you know, suddenly um, the person that they were trying to be might not have been right for them and actually spending more time with the kids and connecting with people and um, and feeling like you can do things is actually quite empowering. Right. Um, and that, has been the biggest surprise to me because I just thought we were teaching people to make surfboards. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, so you kind of seeing those layers to it every time. Every t- yeah, yeah. And and I guess that's like maybe one of the weirdest, not the weirdest things, but, you know, um, it all depends on what, um, it doesn't depend on. Um, the, every workshop, the energy is different depending on who's in here. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's, it's actually a big decision, isn't it, to come yeah. do a workshop like this? Yeah. Because it's yeah. presumably comes with a you know a, a not insignificant amount of money, like, yeah. and yeah. and you know you must. It, it's definitely it's not a, it's not going to be a win purchase, is it? You know, mm. so <laughs> so it must be fascinating seeing that, like, mm. and I guess you know you're obviously super observant and, and like you must be you must really enjoy that now, mm. kind of try to work out mm. what what's behind it yeah. for people because presumably every story every time is like completely completely different. different. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you, so yeah. you, do you find sort of themes with that? Are you spotting? Uh, it, I guess maybe the. Um, the one theme that struck me last year especially was that um, when people come there, they're often already at a point of transition in their lives. Like right. something's unstable. They feel like they, they need to make a change, but they're not sure what. Um, often that can be the point at which people come here. Um, right. Whether that's the case or whether it's just that I 
point them back to the fact that there's this there's something going on that they need to listen to i don't know yeah um but uh or just the space even just spending five days in their own space yeah um, but that, do that but as you said that combination means that it's the atmosphere mm. that is different every time mm. yeah exactly so well I, like i don't know who's going to walk through the door monday morning very, very rarely have i met them beforehand yeah um which is which is kind of part of the exciting bit because um, some people some people you, you just don't get along with in life and, and <laughs> figuring that out can be really interesting yeah. as well. And some people can come with with their own ideas and of what of what the week is and suddenly it's not living up to what they're thinking so they're dealing with that as well. And yeah. it's it's really, yeah, it is a really fascinating kind of process. We, we had a chap in last week and, it, you know, you just kind of, I don't know, it's it's, I need I need a break afterwards, you know. Like the weekend is pretty calm and quiet for me afterwards because yeah. because the week is quite involved in that sense. Um, well, the way that adults respond to being taught is <laughs> is also endlessly fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I certainly know personally how I respond well to being taught. If you know yeah. what I mean, yeah, like yeah. if I yeah. if I'm if someone is gonna like whatever, and that's just it's not even worth going into what that is but you know the point is it's it's been accrued through your life experience mm. and the way that you mm-hmm. the, the relationship you had with school mm-hmm. and all those things mm-hmm. so that must be yeah like to try and navigate that because that's not something people often know themselves no. or n- even when they do know now to communicate yeah in a friendly way yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> a lot of the time yeah. you know it's like yeah people get a bit shitty don't they yeah if they feel like yeah. they're being patronized or yeah. or you know you know what i mean yeah yeah like yeah, so yeah. that must be yeah a constant challenge yeah let's yeah say. it's funny we had a we had a customer going back a few years but there's a couple of guys who work for us um and i don't think i've told matt this before so matt um who does our photography and copywriting um kind of helps with the brand direction of stuff here yeah and then um chris who you met downstairs is a is a chap who who works making stuff for us and there's a customer in for the week and he said you know it's funny because like matt came in and was all smiles all high fives all singing dancing which was lovely but the pat on the back from chris somehow meant more <laughs> and it was really into like that reflection of yeah. um of for him obviously that just that quiet word was yeah. was was far more powerful than than trying to kind of g him up and and, yeah. and motivate him in any kind of way um so it's so that's quite interesting like i I really enjoy that side of it as well that's a real challenge like trying to suss out what or actually is going to impact people so if you um, if you to to succeed like to help somebody succeed and that's the wrong word yeah. probably but you know what i mean yeah. to get to get the product that they want at the yeah. end of it the board that they want at the end mm. of it and also to feel like they've had that fulfilling uplifting experience mm. do you kind of need to suss those things out yeah try to early yeah try to um but i have absolutely no system for doing it whatsoever yeah, it's, it's just, intuitive I'm just thing yeah i think i'm uh definitely lucky enough that um i guess one of my my kind of behaviors would be that i've always found a way to get along with people right um in some shape or form um i remember like going like even through school i'd always just kind of get along with people i'd never really had anyone any conflicts um maybe it's conflict because because i don't like conflict that i just get really good um at not creating it yeah um that's probably where it comes from right um and that's another kind of learned thing isn't it really yeah 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 so but you're right it's interesting it's funny it's the first time i thought about it as as the weight of what an adult can bring into the workshop like we have every now and then we'll have young kind of young adults or kids in here 
um, different. They'll just they'll just accept what you're saying. They yeah, don't exactly. Quest, they don't question it in the same yeah. way that an adult does, or, or won't have anywhere near as much um, that you need to navigate around. Well, also, you know, this world can be. Um, it's very tied up to people's sense of self self worth mm-hmm. as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. the ability to create things, to make things, to be good mm-hmm. with your hands. You know, they're all those pretty masculine things mm-hmm. that you that you feel like you should be good at. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I'm very much not like that. So whenever mm-hmm. I walk into a garage to get my MOT done, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I'm paddling out Antonius. Yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Completely. Like you, you yeah, have yeah. you have that like yeah instantly like oh god they're like look yeah, at this, i should know what I'm look doing. at this twat you know yeah. sort of things and that's real for people yeah. definitely yeah. yeah and i guess this environment you know it's it's a bit fraught isn't it is what i'm saying yeah it, for people sometimes yeah so you, i guess you I gotta, have, be, you gotta be wary of that you know i have really kind of tried to think about that because um whilst like our kind of customer demographic probably probably reflects the surf industry in the UK fairly well in terms of like the age range and gender um it's i don't like the, it is very typically masculine like it's a workshop making surfboards yeah, for men with loads like it's, of tools it's really yeah it's yeah it's and a, you've got you know go even downstairs like the way we've got everything yeah. laid out you know yeah. it's like it's it's beautiful yeah. and that that even that is something that people would be impressed by you know like yeah but it's yeah so it's how do you make it completely welcoming to all like that's just the... on my recorder <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's a real challenge um because i'd love to for everyone to think they could come and do it yeah um and like we i've had it before where a customer seemed really kind of prickly and difficult on email and I've kind of it's really you kind of wonder who's going to walk in on Monday morning and he walks in Monday morning and says oh by the way um I've never really made anything my wife puts the shelves up at home and uh, I don't surf uh, this is for my son who surfs so suddenly you can see he has absolutely no basis for what he's doing he's for the week just really nervous really nervous yeah. exactly so suddenly you kind of start to see that and you go oh all that prickly behavior was coming yeah. through that lens so well let's just make him feel loved and welcomed and and encourage him to to know that whatever comes out is going to be worthwhile so yeah um yeah it's it's funny to think yeah how everyone comes with their yeah 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 their own story you must get people there that are like pretty right i know exactly what board i want <laughs> don't you tell me how to make a surfboard mate you know and you're like maybe you want to think about this yeah. you get you because that's just surfing as yeah, well, yeah. isn't it yeah yeah you yeah. know people yeah. come in and want the five two yeah you know, you're like mm, yeah we don't want that <laughs> you know yeah um yeah it's funny i think uh you learn to say the same thing several different ways yeah do you try and gauge <laughs> people's like surfing ability do you try and definitely is that because yeah, that yeah. that's a responsibility yeah. isn't it yeah you gotta give yeah. people yeah they gotta leave here with something that's actually gonna enhance yeah. that's the point isn't it yes. right yeah 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 um yeah tied up in that is a lot of deeper thought though on it um in terms of i think uh yes definitely helping people make that decision in the first place is is really valuable and, and understanding where their surfing's at where they want it to be um is is really important um but then there's always this little bit of me that thinks that the idea of like having the right surfboard is kind of driven out of like this understanding that we're okay to consume dozens of surfboards over our lifetime um that there is a right surfboard um yeah i kind of talked to chris hines about this yesterday he was really interested about this yeah yeah he was just a bit like it's a privilege exactly you know right? and yeah. people do not understand that yeah you know yeah. if you've got one surfboard you yeah. are lucky yeah you know yeah. and he's like all these people that, and he wasn't being disparaging you know he no. wasn't he wasn't being he was like all these people that can't really surf that are like 
I've got quivers of like 10 surfboards. Yeah. He was yeah. like, forget the fact whether that's just inherently silly, like yeah. on a, on a skill, like, but he's like, it's, but it's actually horrendous. Yeah. You know, the, the, the concept of the waste of that and the yeah. entitlement of that and the privilege of that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I hadn't really thought of that. I mean, yeah. I've certainly got too many surfboards, yeah. you know, and I'm certainly guilty of that trap of, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm off on a trip to the Maldives. Yeah. 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 To be honest, I've got a board I could take to the Maldives. <laughs> you know, and I was going to you like, yeah, yeah you know, I Just think I need sure to, right. yeah, I probably need to get like a, yeah. another board, you know, yeah. like, and yeah. that is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But yeah. Again, is encouraged. Yeah. So, so that's something that you, you kind of bring into this, like, yeah. to try and, you know, reduce that. Yeah, people. yeah, and, and uh, I think, um, yeah, you've kind of touched on it. Like, it, it, going back to that mental space you go into as well when you're surfing, it's another thing you can question having whether you've brought the right surfboard out with you, yeah, out of all of the ones you own. Like, it, it's a, it's another kind of tool with which you can be self deprecating, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, uh, yeah, it's, um, another, it's another sort of block excuse in, or, in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't know whether that's kind of completely born out of the professional surf world in terms of you know the the obviously to get to the the top of the top you have to know what you're surfing and and you will be able to understand those small intricacies in things or whether it's just the culture we sit in at the minute as well which is just hugely kind of full of yeah um, i mean obviously it's good for the industry for people to be doing that yeah insofar as yeah growth and yeah and progression yeah i'm trying to wonder how much that is I think I think like you know I was going to say calculated. It's just it's just happily for the industry. It's just that's yeah. that's the message that's delivered. Yeah. By surfing. Yeah. Inherently, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That you need a quiver. Like that is a yeah an understood and a completely accepted thought. Yeah. Yeah. And your contention would be that you don't really. Well, I think the the reality of of um of the way that we all tend to surf um is that you could probably have one board for ten years. And you'd really know how to surf that board, like in a variety of conditions. So, like in re- like the type of waves, especially that we surf around here, like you could have one, maybe two different boards. That that's all you would ever need to kind of to take them on or to take your surfing to whichever level you wanted. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so, and and that I guess as part of that's come up from the fact that I'm trying to make boards that last a long time. So yeah. it's a question like when, like you say, when people come to us and, and, and want to make that decision, um, it's also, it's also like, okay, so that's where you want your surfing to go, but what do you want to be doing in 10 years time, 15 years time? What, where do you see your surfing then? How does it fit in with your life? Like that's as much of a question as where's your surfing at now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is an interesting thing to get people to think about. Cause well, people don't often want to be told that. No. Yeah. No. I mean, the amount of people surfing the wrong surfboard is like so much more of an issue than it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, it is driven by that kind of egoy thing yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, no, I should be on the board that fits my self image rather than the board yeah. that's going to, that's yeah. going to be better for my surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I've been completely guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been, me too. Yeah. And again, yeah. it's part of it, isn't it? Yeah. So how do you encourage people to, what are you trying to, you try to just find the kind of middle ground then? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, It's one thing that we tend to find is that when people have something that they, A, like the look of, and B, like kind of just feel drawn to, they tend to look after it more. They tend to want to be around it more. So therefore, like we kind of encourage people to, 
just listen to what they really what are they drawn to because that's actually quite a powerful way to make a decision in 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 this kind of context um i think there's a lot to be said for that um and uh yeah i think i think people will like often intuitively know what they're really looking for yeah um and and it's just a case of trying to guide them into that decision yeah um yeah because you do you often get that kind of but you can see people fighting with this the the idea of their own image versus their yeah. own their own actual reality of, of where their skills are at yeah um yeah so often it is like tossing up between two or three different boards and you can see that that's the decision making going on yeah um, and that's a big decision as well you yeah you spent five days making yeah. boards you gotta yeah. really feel like it's the you right one want it. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You, so you have um like a number of shapes that you offer people so that kind of how yeah. it works when yeah come in. yeah so we've got i think we've currently got about 15 shapes in our range um that people tend to pick from but sometimes they'll come along with an idea for a custom board that, that we can kind of replicate for them right um but also like i'd kind of touched on with how wooden boards feel just feel different um replicating a board's all well and good but it's going to be different um which is also something that we try and make people aware of when they do come to us saying this is the board i want to replicate yeah um so yeah, so people pick pick from those, um, and then we go from there. Really, um, then we decide on what what would said like in it um, right. again for a visual thing. Um, what Finn set up, they'd like. We have like recommended ones for the for all of our boards, but you know people might want some more versatility to it. Whether they want boxes or glass ons, all of those decisions then come after. Yeah, what board they want to make. Yeah. So, how much of the process are people actually contributing to creatively? Uh, or is it is it following like a, a you understand what i mean yeah, yeah. Presumably yeah, yeah you must have a pretty set um you know workflow yeah over five days yeah if you're going to get it done in that time yeah yeah if i might even be good to understand yeah. it like in those terms yeah um i'll run through it in a second i just before you just said something in there that made me think um it's something that i consider almost every time we run a workshop is is how what at what point do i need the customer to be involved for them to feel ownership of it yeah to feel to them for them to feel like they've had the impact on and they've on, and they've made they've made board. the thing yeah yeah because yeah. we've often toyed with okay could you know two days of that five is shaping so do we do a shaping weekend do we offer people a shaping weekend but then we've made hello buddy really like my dog it's is so it? funny yeah like you just because they're you know both labs basically yeah yeah, so you try and yeah, so you try and kind of get that balance of, yeah. of like them feeling they've got the agency really. Yeah, yeah, um, and then yeah, so the process is is kind of once they've made a decision about what which board they'd like, um, there's about three days of preparing all the materials from our perspective. Um, so that's making all the elements that we then need to glue together. So on the Monday morning when someone walks in, they're kind of we've got the the framework ready to um, to kind of pop out of the the um, plywood that it's cut from and then fit onto the bottom skin so we've made the bottom skin up for them out of planks of wood that we we get from the mills and then um we've made all the rail strips and nose and tail blocks so it's glue the frame down glue the nose and tail blocks in get the rail strips on and then it builds until wednesday afternoon or, or evening or late evening is get the top on right um, so that's another skin that we've prepared that's the same as the bottom um and that gets fixed on top and then the week changes into like i say the two days of shaping um so the first three days is gluing all of the elements together right um i think when i thought about i think there's about 50 bits of wood basically that we have to glue together over those three days right um and then yeah and then two days of shaping so that's it's the shaping is often what people have envisaged in their mind's eye of what they'll be doing for the week yeah um you know with the with the planes and 
um, and actually shaping wood. Um, How much rescuing do you have to do? Uh, I guess that's a balance as well, right? That is a balance. Yeah, often it's not necessarily rescuing, but just it's like just being vigilant enough to stop people before rescuing yeah. is needed. Um, yeah, I had to rescue a couple yeah. over, over the years of like 150, 200 boards. So yeah, yeah. And then yeah. presumably, ideally, the last days everybody takes them out, or can you not surf them? No, so no, because they need so they they're finished with a with a bioresin and fiberglass. So that's done by another company. So we do all the woodwork in those five days. But yeah, sadly, that Friday they have to walk away and leave the leave the board behind, which yeah. is a bit of a. It's something I really wish we could figure out a way to change. Have you tried to work out a way of doing that? Yeah, it's just not possible. It's um, it's one of those like we could teach people that with the finishing we could kind of extend the class by a couple of days and teach people that element but it's just maybe one of the parts of the process where like the chap who who does ours um paul fluin divlock phoenix that yeah you might know um kind of him and bro like the best best in the country at finishing and for me that's worth so much yeah for the sake of the product sure um, we well, can see it as well like and in- yeah 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 you can see it and it's and it's a huge part of how long the board lasts yeah. so um it's not something you want to get to and mess up it's probably the one bit that you actually yeah don't want to leave open to chance yeah 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 um yeah so we've i've i've shied away from ever kind of teaching people that and like i like those first kind of 15 or so boards that i made i was having a go at the, the glassing but it is a it is an incredible skill um to become proficient at it enough that you can create something really well yeah um which of course it kind of goes against the whole idea of what i'm doing with the workshops in terms of yeah. not sharing that but it's sure. but it's a, but it is um yeah it's quite unique in that sense yeah um but it yeah. sounds like you've you, one of the great things about this is you you stay in touch with people and you get mm. to see how their relationship with it evolves as well mm. right yeah so um every every year we invite everyone who's ever made a board back together um, oh you do for a weekend together yeah. nice yeah Down which here. is really lovely yeah yeah so we go and have a meal on the farm where i first started making the boards um once i'd left uni and then um and then we go for a surf on the saturday and sunday together trying so to how many people is that there? possible um the invite goes out to about what is it, it must be about eventually it, it reaches about 200 people um and then we often end up with kind of 60 70 people on the weekend that we put it together yeah um yeah but that's ever growing um but it's it's really lovely to, that is yeah, a nice thing yeah to kind of just check in with people again because it like you like you kind of touch on i've spent five days with them and um so you've become close yeah you know? um and you do care about each other yeah <laughs> at yeah. the end of that often um and uh and yeah so it's lovely to have that opportunity to check in um see where they've been what they've been up to with their boards yeah. what they've been up to in general um yeah yeah do you do you make boards for yourself for fun still you're yeah. constantly tinkering yeah yeah so how um, many have you got now uh you're allowed to have loads yeah, <laughs> yeah i've got loads of old beaten up ones yeah. um that are still some of the first ones that i made and there's kind of i guess there's two boards downstairs that are newer and ones i'd consider to be kind of like where my surfing's at yeah um yeah what's your go-to then so the go-to's uh, 7.2 that we make. Um, oh, is that, that's the one you showed me downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, and then I love riding uh, longboard as well most a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the one downstairs is actually a friend who made his a few years ago. He leaves it in the workshop. But I tend to surf that quite a lot. Nice. Um, 
So, you know, one obvious question that I'm sure people listening are going to want to know is like, what about traveling with them? Because obviously they're mm. heavier and, you know, mm. more fragile. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, they finish about 30% heavier. So whilst they feel noticeably heavier kind of when you're on land, it's not a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and um, they're, they're more robust than a phone board um they're not they're not as fragile as you might think i guess i guess it feels almost like they're more precious i think yeah that's what i mean (laughs) it comes back down to that you know i'm almost like flinching at the thought of like yeah one of them getting slung yeah onto a a luggage belt you know yeah getting chipped and yeah yeah so a number of customers have traveled with them i've traveled with one of mine um and been okay there's one one guy who's had a trouble with um something pretty hard must have hit it on the rail at the nose but he was able to kind of repair it when he was back home in west oz so yeah so can and that's the question i had like what about repairing them yeah so because they've got that epoxy and fiberglass coating um if you damage that in any way it's a pretty standard surfboard repair yeah um if you then go in and damage the wood it's it's best if you can repair that in some way yeah um and if you penetrate the wood then we often ask people to bring it back so we can we can kind of rebuild it yeah um properly uh, yeah, because if you penetrate the wood, then there's likely to be water ingress as well. So we have to kind of drill it, drain it, and air yeah. it out, and yeah, make it good again. Yeah. So it sounds like one of the themes of it has been what you've learned along the way. Then really, you know, yeah. from from like the concept to experimenting with that first board, and then yeah. working out how you could make it a business. Yeah, and then you know, and then suddenly, okay, well, I can, you know, use it to teach people. Yeah. Um. Do you do you see a further evolution of it? Uh it's funny though like like you say all of those seem to have been kind of almost reactive yeah. so I, so um there's no set plan as it were in terms of what we're trying to do with the with with the future of things for us as a as a young family and um and having employees it would be nice to have a bit more stability in the business but yeah. what that looks like i don't really know is it seasonal um or do you find you'd think that? so it seems i'm not sure really i mean you know in the winter it's like yeah hunker down in a in a workshop for a week be quite nice yeah um yeah it doesn't we haven't found it to be seasonal like and and i think because ultimately our data set of 150 people say isn't enough to really draw patterns um because that's 150 people over eight years so there's no real rhyme or reason as to why and when people purchase or or anything yeah Um, the only i guess the only real seasonality to it is that um mainstream press and media talk about surfing in the summer they don't talk about surfing in the winter yeah um so that's the only real rhythm of our work that that changes like there's more shows and more more outreach through the summer months um but that's about it really yeah winter's the time to kind of reset and figure out what you're doing the next year again yeah i mean you you get a lot of press don't you you know it seems to be seems to be like something that is perennially interesting to people you know Mm. like the whole story yeah, it's inter- that's that's something I find quite interesting as well. Is like still still at the moment, um, the story will run about how it started. Yeah, which is which to me is like, come on, guys, we've done so much more interesting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's so many more levels to which we could talk about this. But yeah. it's just a good way in, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. and it is like it, like we've been kind of saying. It is a. It's just a good those stories and some of that's found their way to what they should be doing in the world. Mm. Again, isn't that common, really? No. And no, it's kind of what everyone's looking for and mm. on one level, isn't it? Mm. So I think that's just, it's appealing like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, for people to be like, ah, okay. Yeah. 
certainly the episodes of the podcast where I speak to people with those stories are always really popular. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because I think people just really like hearing yeah. how somebody else did it really. Yeah. And it's always like told like you've described like it's not like there was a plan no, no. <laughs> just sort of followed these opportunities and yeah. then here it went you know yeah yeah which is again a nice thing yeah but it, and and as well like you, you you often kind of question what would i be doing if i didn't do this and that like i have no idea yeah um but I, here i am doing this so yeah 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 i and i often think that like if it all goes pop tomorrow it's been fun while it's lasted you know yeah um because of how it's just been following those good feelings as they've come up yeah um yeah nice well i was gonna end by giving it the whole like right well let's go for a surf but <laughs> unfortunately it's fucking minging in it so we won't be doing that yeah um but yeah thanks man that was great no worries yeah i really no enjoyed worries. it thanks cool thank you so there you go that was myself and james otter in conversation at his otter surfboards hq at the beginning of march 2020 uh my thanks to james and everyone else i met down there during that particular part of the mission for their hospitality particularly my friend Matt Arney at the very excellent Haley Media who came down to take the lovely pictures of me and James that accompany this episode um, really recommend you check out Matt's work over at Haley Media that's H-A-I-L-E-R um, and if you like what you've heard during this conversation then I do implore you to go and find out more about what James does over at the Otter Surfboards website www w.ottersurfboards.co.uk so there you go that was the first episode of my kerno omnibus um for my american listeners and indeed international listeners kerno is another word for cornwall um it's that simple and you get bonus cornish points if you use the word kerno frequently as i've realized the more i've hung out down there um anyway like i say it was recorded during a rapid fire four-day trip down to the southwest at the beginning of march 2020 had a good hit rate on this mission actually, um, after what I'm now referring to as the Japan disaster when it came to podcasts. Had six lined up for this one, got five in the bag. I did valiantly attempt to catch up with Tom Lowe for about the third time, but again, unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen. Although we did have a nice little chat and exchange and we agreed to revisit it when I'm down in the Southwest later in the year. But yeah, got a few in the bag, some very enjoyable chats they were too, so keep them peeled and maybe even subscribe so they arrive in your um, inbox as soon as they're released. So what else is going on? I got an interesting email, quite an instructive email actually. I might even read my reply because it might explain why I really go on about the same shit that I go on about every week. Eric Birch writes, from California from what I could work out, thoroughly enjoying the interviews, listening to Tom Carroll's right now. Have a question though. Ever thought about interviewing pro skateboarder Tom Penny? That'd be fascinating. Keep up the good work. Um, so I kind of replied, well, yeah, Penny's an interesting one. Obviously he's a very requested guest. I haven't really pursued it for a couple of reasons. One of the main ones is that the nine club is so massive in skateboarding that often people I ask say no, because they're waiting for that one. A couple of pretty famous skaters have done that to me, said that fair enough, whatever. The nine club is absolutely massive, way bigger than what I do. Um, I carry on. So I'm kind of holding back on some of the big skate names until the podcast profile is bigger. Hence why I'm always going on about sharing it and leaving reviews because it does make a difference when I'm trying to book guests. Anyway, thanks for the email and encouragement, Eric Stoats. That was me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a fair point. And I'll say it again, the more that people know about it because people like Eric or even yourself are sharing it, then the more chance I've got of getting Tom Penny and his ilk on the show. Just one reason why I always say the same shit at the end of the episodes. 
and why I'm saying it again now. Sorry, I, I've gone a bit off piste on my little script that I normally write, which is why I'm kind of mumbling. Um, anyway, what else is going on? Well, I just got back from a trip to the French Alps, which as anybody who follows me on Instagram will have seen was a right good laugh. Um, yeah, I was over there with a few old mates. Basically, I did seasons in the three valleys. Um, 22 years ago, I did my first season in the three valleys. It's obviously quite terrifying. So in time-honoured midlife crisis fashion, me and some of my best mates from that era and now went snowboarding over there. And as you can imagine, it wasn't a particularly quiet one. So I did miss a newsletter this week and that's why. And I also ended up putting this one out much later than I expected. I had visions of me sat on the balcony recording the intro in situ. Didn't happen. As soon as I got there, basically fell down a you know, black hole of reminiscing old mates booze and snowboarding which i've just resurfaced from a blissful corona panic free environment it was too but anyway here i am getting back on track um with this episode all right that's it for this week gonna try and do a couple next week um the next installment of my cornish omnibus and the next episode of type 2 which i also recorded down there and which is a cracker so yeah content tastic i think the great have a good one in the meantime nice one (laughs) 